to my fellow Freedom Love Sovereign Thinkers. Thank you for tuning in to the L3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful world of the planet Earth. Today's date is Saturday, May 14th, 2022. This is episode 1523, which is entitled Venezuelan Colombian War on the Horizon and Why Freedom Loving Americans Aren't On Board for Ukraine. Before I proceed, you can find me on multiple social media sites and many podcasts. Programs, just look up Loki Luck number three, Loki Luck Roman number three, which has three eyes, and of course the Roman Loki Luck Roman number three podcast. In addition, if you want to contact me, go to Loki Luck number zero three at protemail.com. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Before I proceed, I'd like to give a shout out to the Real eye, real eyes, the truth. I guess the person, the code name. He gave me his intake on critical think, on critical thinking, and even brought up the Douglas Lincoln debate because he knows that certainly does a little bit critical Lincoln. But when he got, one thing, I, one thing, I'm like, ah, oh, crap, because it was under the minute he still spoke, trying to get his viewpoint out there, and um, he got cut off. However, I do thank him or anyone, anyone else. You, you have the rights for your own viewpoints, which is great. I love to hear your side and create an awesome dialogue. So a shout out to him and thank you for tuning in. So um, I know some crazy things are happening. I was like checking out on the report about looting in Iran, food loot. They're looting the supermarkets there and, um, and even... Just chaos everywhere. Nothing new under the sun. It's like the order really wants to clap, clamp down on everybody. And I know that the, many of them are talking about what happened in Buffalo, New York, which a shooting occurred over there. And there, they use, I love some of the reporters, certain sources using white supremacists, white supremacists and all that. Buzzwords, propaganda, trigger people's mind, bah, like spasm out, hook, line, and sinker. You have to be aware of the vocabulary they use, or other words, rhetoric, to get people wound up. They've been doing it for so many years, it's just recycled pus, my friends. And um, they don't want people to avoid the area. Some may call a false flag event, and when I say that, it doesn't mean no one died. But um, thoughts to all the victims out there, and of course, you say, you say he um, broadcasts it on his Twitch account. So it's like it sounds very um, similar to what happened in New Zealand when that one gentleman you um, used Facebook page, and I've actually seen that video from D Live. And nothing was adding up. It was like semi-animated, as far as I'm concerned, on the on the horrific event that happened over there. So I'm just like, uh, this is why you always gotta question everything in the best of your ability. Never try to go for the face value, but always examine the fine print. So I was just um, roaming, roaming around on that. I hear multiple sides, and of course. A lot of crazy things are still, people still wigging out over the Roe v. Wade leak. Looks like it's people being played. 
that everyone assumes hired guns are everywhere, or busting men that never been to certain districts or towns, and they just want to roam around and tell everyone how to think. So I was just um, it's here since I made strange sounds. I'm on, I'm on censor.news. World food security at risk. India, the world's second largest producer of wheat, ban all wheat exports. There was a powerful M5.0 earthquake recorded on Mars by NASA's InSight. I think it was like a while back. Of course, a true pun is still doing it. I always like his work. Of course, and um, um, was it the whole? Watching Free Beacon, unrelenting daily confrontation after row leak. Yale students called for student for for ostracizing conservative classmates. Yes, we're gonna use the Jim Crow ideology, apartheid. Ain't that great? Yes, that's so that's so um, beautiful, right? And um, of course, on Big League Politics, whistleblower exposes how LGBT teachers create rainbow clubs in public schools to groom children. And renegade journalist Glenn Greenwald mourns the death of the anti-war left, blames AOC and the squad for selling out. <laughs> hey, like Glenn Greenwald or not, he's pro-free speech and free press. He's not, a, he's not afraid to pull any punches. So um, support this man, okay? Regardless, he's very, he stands up for what's right on free speech and the press. People need to rally around him, regardless if you agree with him on everything or not. And um, of course, this is from LifeSite News here. How boxing champ Tyson's Fury journey with mental illness shows a victory in carrying your cross. Mike Tyson's a nice guy. So, um, and um, if you haven't seen... I haven't seen the one with uh, Spike Lee's edition of Mike Tyson, but I've seen the one called Tyson, and um, it was very good. It's a, been around been around for like what ten years now. I, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And I know people who are even Tyson haters; they were like blown away by it. And um, he was never a bad person. You know, he was a very highly sensitive man, and he got taken advantage of a lot too. So, um, I will sit here in the Epoch Times. People who push idea of universal vaccination are guilty of crimes against humanity. Former Pfizer vice president made that statement. Radio host injured by COVID jazz says media don't want to hear about adverse events. I say I do. That's why I read. Don't rely on the idiot box or this mainstream garbage facilities so um private jet owned by climate alarmist Elon Musk takes flight of just 31 miles hmm. okay claimed on that and of course national pulse pretty good site Fauci funded lab director alert Wuhan officials ahead of potential COVID-19 origins investigation and of course, Project Veritas, pushed by a lawyer who represented Creep Governor Cuomo, Ashley Biden, and SDNY. They always have douchebags everywhere trying to make themselves look good and use projection on others. And it's from here, SHT Plan. 
Global recent underway, 90% of central banks push for digital currency that government can control. I say, if they support it, defy it. Mainstream media focuses on hero pastor Darren Harrison landing a plane in Florida while completely, um, I don't know, I gotta, I gotta look that up. That's in the COVID blog. So, um, oh yeah, it's just a lot of things in here. You don't hear. But, um, natural news, Germany signals massive drop in Russian gas as the European sanctions regime begins to unravel. Uh-huh. Discussing Calvin Klein ran ad featuring ma female model as transgender pregnant man. What else is new? Uh, yep. Well, they, they do me a favor not to buy this crap anyway, so. ADL defames Ruby Ridge's Randy Reaver less than 24 hours after his death. It's on blacklisted news. And just to let you folks know, the end of defamation, they're going to more than globalist hacks, gino-infested pigs. Gino stands for Jew in name only. And they lie about militias, gun control, and Judaism. Aaron, the late Aaron Zellman would love to challenge, want to challenge the Anti-Defamation League, including Abraham Foxman, but he never had the balls or courage to take that offer. So far as I'm concerned, another Charlton Institution. I put him up there with the Ku Klux Klan as well. <laughs> Quack groups. And what's so make does it make me anti-Semitic, my friend? So don't even contemplate. Don't buy the hype. Ooh, all right, so, and don't get me wrong, I know a person that used to live in that area. And Randy Reaver wasn't all, according to this per individual, Randy Reaver was a very derisive neighbor. Actually, his family is, and in addition, is even to claim his late, his wife, late wife, wore the pants of the house, controlled the kids, and raised them to be... Um, authoritarian, bigots, and so forth. So, uh, let's just say this claim. And uh, there was even times, too, he was, um, have his, have his children and him, they used to steal other neighbors' properties, including gasoline and so forth. So, and, um, so that's why, like I said, but however, what happened to him, based on the case, it was wrong. So, I'll do, I'll leave it at that, because... Even like your, if your enemies, you have to protect your le, um, liberty's enemies. If you don't, it will haunt you. And I know Thomas Paine warned us about that. So always got to look at that angle as well. So, um, all right, without further ado, I want to read. This one came out earlier today. So from the organicprepper.com. This one's entitled, Is Venezuelan Colombian War on the Horizon? A Brazilian Perspective. This is by Fabian Omar. As it reads here, with an escalation of events around the war in Ukraine, sucking all the oxygen in the room at the moment, it's easy to forget about the disputes and conflicts flared up in various other places around the world. One of these quarrels is heating up at the border between Colombia and Venezuela that involves both U.S., NATO, and Russia with the real possibility of a Venezuelan-Colombian war. NATO in South America? Yeah, the banksters are climaxing us. There's a foaming at the mouth like Cujo's in heat. Yes, it's a mess, mess of a situation with hints of a throwback to the post-World War II Cold War period, plots twist, and the coat of modern malfacet unconventional warfare. But it has a, the potential to stabilize the South America 
South America and even connect with the contention going on the, in Ukraine and Eastern Europe at some point in the future. Not to mention the possibility of a Cuban Missile Crisis 2.0, which will directly affect the U.S. A brief history of the Russia-Venezuelan alliance. Russia has supported the leftist Bulgarian government of Venezuela since 1999, which former President Hugo Chavez took office and took one of the richest South American countries on a communist trip. Just like the deals with Cuba and Nicaragua decades prior, the alliance includes financial, political, diplomatic, and commercial agreements from the very beginning of from the very beginning. The goal of the Kremlin was to establish another pro-Russia ally in the Western Hemisphere and specifically in South America. Beyond direct financial support, these agreements include the trading of commodities, weapons, and even nuclear technology for non-military use, i.e. energy, and of course there was oil. Rozef has helped Venezuela circumvent the restrictions levied by the U.S. and its allies on the communist dictatorship. The propaganda machine. Russia uses RT channel and local Sputnik news agencies among a host of underground organizations for their targeted for Latin American pro-Kremlin propaganda. There is no different from tactics used by Western media and the U.S. government, really. The bottom line is both sides are trying to spread their messages and impose their agendas with the ultimate goal of increasing political, ideological, strategic, and commercial influences. Yet can we say Yankee imperialism on both sides of the fence? Of course, globalism don't matter. Multi, multipolar order, all that good stuff. So um, let's give you a, giving you a few uh, hits here. This Cold, War war this Cold War warfare never really ceased to exist. It was just somewhat dormant with the fall of the USSR and the advent of globalization in the early 1990s. With the issues brought by this pandemic and the swelling of the Western Eastern disputes, the Cold War seemingly back in vogue and in the full force again. It is impossible to know for sure what this is information, misinformation, disinformation in the nuclear exchange of narratives and ideological propaganda. So before we dive in, try to read it beyond words and news, take declarations from both parts, officials or otherwise, by both sides was not just a grain, but an entire bag of salt. And remember, what matters is that history shows that's how nations prepare and build up for actual wars. This is usually the first stage. The second is commercial and financial war, which we are already deep into as well. Time will tell if we're headed for another global conflict. Latin America geopolitics, always a very complex and oftentimes crazy game. In February, Nicolas Maduro declared that Russia has an entire support of the Bavarian Republic for its military intervention in Ukraine. He, has, he also endorsed the path up for a powerful military cooperation between Russia and Venezuela, his own words, showing the intentions of Russia to help arm the country. Even though the people couldn't arm themselves thanks to their gun control restrictions, but they'll all give them arms for the government, right? These declarations were given a, during a visit of Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Yuri Borisov to Caracas, Havana, Cuba, and Managua, Nicaragua. In March, after a visit of U.S. officials to Venezuela, Maduro changed his position quite radically, coming to the point of declaring being united with the U.S. 
After U.S. officials flew to Venezuela to hold rare talks about breaking the country's longstanding Russia influence, Nicolas Maduro has changed his tone on the Ukraine war. Is a source for that. You can look it up. Now, that's an odd twist here. Sudden shifts in mood and position are common to banana republic regimes and dictatorships caught between superpower disputes. But one can only wonder what transpired during this rare encounter. As telling as these things may be, but they, but they shouldn't be surprised for concerning. It's other recent events and initiatives involving the U.S. and Russia and Latin America that deserve attention. In April, Sputnik Brazilian Agency published an article highlighting the U.S. efforts to co-opt Colombia into NATO. As odd as this may sound, the Biden administration actually announced Colombia as a major non-member ally of NATO in March, early March 2022. The article goes on to call Colombia the Ukraine of Latin America. <laughs> oh, good grief. Wow. Speculating the country would be militarized and used to defend America's interests in the region, the Venezuelan defense minister then called Colombia a NATO and U.S. puppet, citing it could be turned into a springboard to invade Venezuela. This promptly led local and foreign analysts to question, is this a Cold War reboot with the U.S. and Russia exerting diplomatic, commercial, and economic courtship, or more direct pressures to shift associations and fetch support? Or, or are both powers actually setting up the stage to, rage, to wage another proxy war, this time in Latin America? Man, that's a good question there, you know? All that on the name of political power. Yeah, you always got to see it that way. I do. So, um, nothing new on the sun, right? Absolutely. Same crap, different package. Well, let's just see the situation on the Venezuela-Colombia border. Earlier this year, both countries increased their military presence at the border between the state of Aruca and Apure, where a dispute between two previously allied groups broke out over control of the territory and illegal activities in the region. According to Human Rights Watch, which we all know got funded, is funded by Soros, thousands have been displaced due to the fighting between the Joint Eastern Command and Coalition dissident groups that emerged from the immobilized FARC, or F-A-R-C, and the National Liberation Army, E-L-N. Members from both sides have been committing abuses and acts against the civilian population, killing compulsory killings, Compulsory recruitment, kidnappings, and forced displacement have become frequent and keep increasing the number of brutality and brutality. Venezuelan security forces have conducted joint operations with ELN fighters and have been complicit in their actions. Colombian President Ivan Duque accuses the Venezuelan government of being con conniving with the action of the guerrillas while the Bolivarian regime of Nicolas Maduro blames the Colombian armed groups of invading Venezuela territory. Hmm. So it's the blame game, right? They don't want to look at themselves. They want to point their finger. Where the rubber meets the road. So it is possible that the situation in the Aruca, Apure region is being strategically manipulated and provoked. All the paramilitary and guerrilla groups being used to spark a national conflict between U.S. and Russian allies. It is certainly possible, so maybe the question is how likely. I'm no expert in geopolitics, but it's hard to know not. It's hard not to see a connection between the declarations, events, manipulations, interference, 
interferences narrated above and on the ground developments at the border of Venezuela and Colombia. The upcoming presidential election in Colombia is also set to make things even more volatile, especially with the rumors of Russia trying to interfere and manipulate the process. Nothing has been proved, but the American audience might have an opinion or two about this aspect, so I'll leave it at that. Crises lead to insanity. Insanity leads to SHTF, you figure it out. Western democracy is in a deep crisis of its own making. Eastern powers, i.e. Russia and China, are also in their own hell. Heck, the entire world is up to the eyeballs with problems of all sorts. Everywhere is volatile. But that won't stop ideological warfare from raging on. In fact, it's during these times that the efforts to win hearts, minds, and actual support gets intensified. We've entered the age of widespread conflict. Expect more of it to pop up in all corners of the globe. The whole mess makes one wonder if the situation in Eastern Europe prolongs or comes to an impasse. What are the odds of Russia turning to Latin America and open another hot state stage with Venezuela and Colombia? What would, be what would be the response of the U.S. and NATO? This sure gives us some food for thought. I've been following the development of this situation for two reasons. One, because both Venezuela and Colombia have borders with Brazil, my home. A larger and more serious conflict has the potential to destabilize the region and in some way, shape, or form my country as, as well. Yes, refugee crisis. That's a big possible thing. And... Uh, Political asylums could do the same. Uh, okay, the second reason is that this can lead to even more complex developments in Europe, but also with the U.S. For instance, if Colombia gets armed and militarized by the U.S. and NATO, Russia could do the same with Venezuela. Given the recent change of tone, it is not yet clear what the position of the Bavarian government in matter of the Russia uh, and Ukraine. It could change again at any moment. So, this is the sort of question, a mark for the time being. The possibility of nuclear weapons being installed in the northern part of South America by a U.S. enemy close to U.S. territory could lead to another missile crisis between the distance between Venezuela and Florida is a mere 2.837 kilometers or 1,762 miles. This would be an extreme scenario admittedly. But crazy seems to be the new normal, so there's that. One thing for sure, beyond the barrage of declarations, narratives, and propaganda, there's something tangible happening between Colombia and Venezuela, and it's not good. It has crossed the sphere of ideological manipulation and political interference and taken physical form in the conflicts at the border. These are already affecting large swaths of the population through the action of violent paramilitary and guerrilla groups, and it clearly involves both Russia and the U.S. I've recently come across a very interesting and thought-provoking piece by Gordillo Torres in the Small Wars Journal about nonlinear warfare. The author asks if Russia is waging a silent war in Venezuela and goes at length to dissect the new approach of the once URSS or USSR to regain its superiority after the fall of the Soviet Empire in 1991. To quote... At the opening, a declaration by the Chief of the General Staff of Russia, Gal Valero Gerasimov, 
gives the tone of the article. The very rules of war have changed. The, the, the role of non-military means of overachieving political and strategic goals has grown. And in many cases, they have exceeded the power of force of weapons in their effectiveness. I highly suggest the read to any to, to the read to anyone interested in this insightful perspective of modern warfare, military strategy, and geopolitics in general. While everyone expects China to get prominence on the post-pandemic global stage, is it's it's the evasion of Ukraine and the military advances of Russia that are currently taking spotlight and posing more critical questions what are your thoughts in the matter let's know in the comments below and it's pretty cool so um it's good to know these things because one one of the areas i always tell my friends is you gotta see things a lot more thoroughly and those are the facts and if you want to check it out small world's journal is a link for that and it's pretty pretty cool. It, came, it was out on um, January 24th, so I'm going to take the initiative to read that too you, and, um, and make my own judgment. But if the whole thing is, folks, like the world is all the same. Political power. Who wants to rule the world? Who, which nation should we, should, um, which world should the nation revolve around? That's how it is. And, and, of course, the banksters, the order, they love it. They don't give a damn. We're just pawns of their game. Patsy nations. Not the masterminds. The fact is, too, Joe Biden and um, what's the, Putin have something in common. They sold their rear ends to the New World Order. It's just they have different ways of doing things. So um, that's how I look at it. And I know for a fact that the people in that region, regardless of South America, Colombia, Venezuela, they really don't want a war. The people there want that peace. But when it, come, when it comes to government, they want to dictate to everyone. They assume, they think for all of us. Joe, like I said, like, like here, Joe Biden, all these goofballs, they don't speak for me. Never have, never will. But you hope for the best for the, for the beautiful people that down there because it is um, disheartening. And foreign policy should, should never include foreign entanglements. Many of, the, many of the founding fathers in Jefferson, Washington warned us about this. But this day and age, building up the in, supporting imperialism is patriotic and vice versa. So, uh, hey, that's how I examine it. And I want to do one more here about Ukraine. So um, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. So um, this one here came out today. It was written by Ayad Rahim. It's from C uh, C uh, creativedestructionmedia.com and, of course, CD. That's the anchor. And it says here, Ukraine, why freedom-loving Americans aren't on board. For one moment, many people have been at loss as to why freedom-loving Americans, especially conservatives, are not fully on board with Ukraine. Can't they see this for what obviously is a clear-cut case of an aggr aggressor invading a sovereign country without provocation, a, a pure and simple case of good versus evil? Well, after six years of nonstop hoaxes and hysteria, 
after six years of being, of being cynically subjected to the politics of the panic porn, where everything is potentially world-ending catastrophe and one unprecedented crisis after another is briefly rolled out to keep people terrified and on edge. After two years of censorship, deception, lies, manipulation of data, and suppression of information about the tagian. About its sources, transmission, treatment, immunity, test cases, causes of death, vaccines, costs, profits, government payments, and U.S. funding and involvement in bioweapon bio labs. After two years of doctors, nurses, scientists, regulators, journalists, and teachers being systematically censored, smeared, lied about, vilified, persecuted, and prosecuted. After two years of playing this fear card to scare people out of their wits and create mass hysteria after two decades of politicians cynically playing the blame game, after seeing political and elite the whip, whips the horse, horses of hysteria and panic porn to victory, after seeing everything politicized, including medicine, science, education, and supposedly neutral government bureaucracies, after lies, propaganda, and deception about the Kandangian were used to control people and cripple societies around the world, destroying and ending their lives of billions. After the leader of the freest country in the world grabbed the hold of the dictatorial reins and pulled together and tighter, careless of the welfare of the general public, crippling their countries, destroying and ending the lives of billions, of killing life itself. After the ruling class installed an inhumane and evil regime that denied people their most basic human activities while they luxuriate and, and lord it over the besieged peoples, like notably imposing rules and restrictions that apply only to their serfs. After seeing a ruling class outsource everything, including bioweapon labs, and with no regard for their countrymen's welfare, and instead ravage the country with opioids, cheap labor, and hopelessness, after the ruling class made it means, ends, and contempt for the general public quite clear. After decades of the majority of the country being mocked, smeared, maligned, lied about, marginalized, vilified, and criminalized. After seeing a palaging, burning, and terrorizing of towns and cities across the country accused, enabled, and cover up. After all matters of cartoonish, Manchian dualities were constructed of the good guys and bad guys, saintly saviors versus evil demons of death and destruction, or of trust in government, the authorities, and rational, enlightened science versus thinking, unthinking, irrational Nathanderol. Nathanderol, excuse me. After six more years of thoroughgoing campaign smears, international misrepresentations, lies, and demonization of a president, his family, his team, his supporters, while others are caught it, fawned over, and defied. After the propaganda and falsehoods became so blatant that people, as in dictatorship, stopped believing anything the ruling elite and their propaganda said, and went further believing the opposite to be true and having such alternative sources and abroad to find what's, out, what's happening in their own country. After an intensive campaign of censorship lies and blatant bias to carry out and cover up cheating, manipulation, and the illegalities in elections, after seeing a demented and corrupt politician, 
maybe the most corrupt in the nation's history, installed and propped up in the White House. That's right. Let's talk about white privilege. Joe Biden and his ludicrous administration. After seeing a war aggression carried out against fellow citizens, targeting parents and officially labeling them terrorists, monitoring, censoring, and investigating uh, citizen speech and political activities, spying on suppressing politicians, journalists, and ordinary citizens, televised pre-dawn reigns on citizens who are then denied habeas corpus and a fair and speedy trial held indefinitely in gulags, subjected to cruel and unusual punishment and attacked by the government with the shock and all campaign, all to be cynically exploited for political gain. I have to agree, rather, if you like these individuals or not, or involved and participate in this January 6th protest, they deserve a due process like everyone else, whether you like them or not. If, if you don't, then you emulate the ones you despise. Think about that. Then you love tyrants, you love Hitler, Stalin, and all the scumbags out there who are alive today on the same boat, and you emulate that. So prove me wrong if you dare. I'd be glad to hear your arrogant rhetoric. So I'll proceed. After America meddled in Ukraine politics, elections, and legal system, and organized a coup in the country to squeeze Russia purely to use both countries as battering rams in the, um, American politics, after Russia responded to the coup in Ukraine by invading the country to start of the current war and seizing and annexing Crimea, with no response from the U.S. expecting more corruption and exploitation of Ukraine and Russia by American politicians and their families. After a dozen years of rapid, non-stop Russia, 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 Russian agents, Russian plants, Russian plots, Russian bots, Russian cyber wars, Russian prostitutes, Russian disinformation of Russia as a centerpiece of many of the hoaxes and lies in Ukraine at the epic center of the Russian collusion fable. After seeing politicians, bureaucrats, and propagandists clinically use Russia as a straw man to vilify and intentionally sabotage the president and his administration to liberate the country. After seeing Russia demonized as Arabs do with Jews in, in Israel and use as scapegoats for any and all ills and evils to divert people's attention from internal causes and failings. After seeing American politicians and their families use corrupt countries and dictatorships around the world, especially Ukraine, to extort and launder money. After we abandoned our troops, friends, and allies in Afghanistan, ceded the country, our bases, and our weapons to enemies, disgraced ourselves before the world, and showed us as weak and unreliable. After all that, after an around-the-clock carpet-bombing campaign of fear and loathing that presented fiction as fact, after all lying, censorship, and manipulation of data, after all its suppression, destruction, and control, along comes another run of hysteria. And just when problems at home were accumulated and eternal pressure and dissent were intensifying. So before Russia invaded Ukraine, the anti-Russia monomania looked like another attempt to create mass hysteria, this time to divert attention from problem and discontent at home and to boost a failing regime's fortune by generating a rally round the flag effect and portraying the leaders as one's hope miraculously pulls us back to the brink of World War III and the global nuclear holocaust. After a dozen years of being lied about, every, about everything, including the basic things in life, all in the service of thoroughly corrupted ruling class, and an incompetent one at that, a ruling class that's in bed with 
ascendant global power. Americans are hysteria out and justifiably very, very skeptical of anything that comes down the ruling class and is parroted by its propagandists. What's next, they ask? What could they be unleashing us on us now? Just when people's patience was running out and they began rising up against their masters, masters who continue whipping the horses of propaganda, de demonization, and hysteria, the whole team of clinical, apocalyptic horses, now in an obvious attempt to get the country behind a failing and unpopular regime in election year. The spinmeisters pivot from governmental administered wars of internal aggression and control to a war and, and a boogeyman in a more controversial variety and an attempt as failed states and societies have done throughout history to divert people's intentions from troubles at home and cover up their crimes. And you want us to get on board another of your stalking horses and be your foot soldiers and cheering section? That's right. That is right. Question everything, folks. People really study history, need to study history of Ukraine before jumping on board. I recommend folks at least get a good start. Check out Ukraine on Fire. There's a sequel to that, too. Probably find it on Rumble. I was doing a good job interviewing him, getting all sides, and do what he do, do, do what he did best. That's his best to share the historical merits of why Ukraine been an issue for a very long time, thirteen hundred years ago. So it goes pretty way back, and even the Grand Chessboard too by Zygmunt Brzezinski. Talk about Ukraine, claim to be the pivot nation to to get a foothold on Eurasia. It's always been complex. Study the facts, the history, before you jump on the bandwagon. The beautiful people from both sides have been suffering. Non-combatants, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to live in peace and harmony. They're getting screwed by Zelensky's gang and vice versa. Ukraine has, uh, historically speaking, they got shafted left and right. Whereas they're the Nazis or the Connies. Just a fact. So I don't want to hear take sides or anything like that. Ukraine needs to be a sovereign nation. They need to bring back the rights of, of the laws of human nature, not government knows best. That's why American freedom loving Americans like myself aren't on that bandwagon. I'm very damn proud to say that. But the people in general, regardless of region, east, west, don't matter. They don't want to live in harmony. Let it be. Don't listen to these bobbleheads. You know, I would love to see, I would love to see Putin and Zelensky in the pit. Barbed wire pit. While everyone else watches. Let's see how tough Glamboy Zelensky is. Putin, like I said, he's another new world order hack, in my opinion. But he has different ways of doing things. So, um, that's just my view. What's yours? I'd love to hear from you guys. And that would be it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share us throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, and things on this interesting, check out whatever you do, please, and correspond to the quorum for the morally the footnotes of these articles on my uh, page. If you want to contact me, go to LokiLuck03 or ProTemail.com. If you want to donate, go to PayPal.me or Cash.app forward slash LokiLuck3. If you support the organic prepper CD media, that'd be awesome. Check them out, observe responsibly, and make your own judgments. 
All right, once again, thank you for your time, but always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. May your guardian spirits be with you.